0: Okay, so let's learn. Again, okay, I apologize for the I apologize for the late start. So hopefully I won't hold it against you uh in terms of length of this year, but we'll see what happens. As well, by the way, it's a it's a good call to know by me. I'm not offended. If anyone like has to leave in the middle, I'm just gonna assume that like there's this you know, an emergency like doctor's appointment or something you have to run to Not uh, I can take it personally. Alright, so last week was a we uh, we started learning in Yaakov so the Gaditah, the Agadita of the Gemara. So you know, I mentioned last week that Chazal say that if a person wants to become acquainted with the one that uttered and the world came into being, in other words, if you want to become acquainted with the Rebbeinu you have to learn our So that's what we started last week to begin to uh, get acquainted with Hashem. So we're going to continue, continue in that. So the uh, like we like we spoke about last week, the first sugya that uh, that Talmud Bavli discusses in terms of Agadata, are the Mishmaris. The fact, this phenomenon, that in Shemayim, the night is divided into three or four parts, as we spoke about primarily last week, three or four parts, and in each shift in Shemayim, different Malachim begin to uh, sing Shira and praise Hashem and so on. And what we saw last week was that along with the Malachim singing Shira to Hashem in these different uh, thirds or quarters of the night, the Rabban Shlom also gives out a scream instead of singing a singing of praise. The the Malachim are praising, but at the same time the Rabban Shlom is screaming and crying and mourning over the destruction of the base of Hamikdash. That's what we saw last week. Okay, so along those lines, the Gemara we're going to continue on in the Gemara Brachas. The first welcome is a section of the Gemara Brachas again, Daf Gimel Bet Aleph. That's where the Yagadata continues. So again, you're not going to have to know what we talked about last week of Cook and the. Three watches, if uh, the night is divided into three parts or it's divided into four parts, but just going along in that Sugya. So again, Maramukha number one, the Gemar Brachis Gimel with Aleph. Rav Yitzchak bar Shmuel, Mishmei Rav. Rav Yitzchak, the son of Shmuel, the name of Rav says, again, this is what we saw a little bit of last week, and we'll continue on along these lines, that Rav said, Gimel mit Shmuel is havilayla. Again, the night is divided in Shemaim, it's divided into three into thirds, three parts. Kol, mishmar, mishmar, and with each watch, which each third, again, when the Malachim are singing Shira, what is Rabban Shalom doing? So Kari. That's what we saw last week that the Rabban sits in these thirds of the night. When, when it switches each third, the Rabban Shalom sits and, and and roars like a lion. So, and he says the following uh, lamentation. Oy woe is to the children, to the Nish- to, to the Jewish people. Shavanis say that because of their various I destroyed my house, with serafi, mm-hmm. sechali, I burnt my sanctuary, the iglis and Lebanum and I exiled my people, my children, among the nations of the world. In other words, again, by each third, the rebbeinu Shalom is crying over churban beis over galus. That's that's what the gemara says. Okay, now just to, to keep in mind, again, we'll, we'll, we'll reference back to this. This gemara is telling us that again, the rebbeinu Shalom cries these different uh, parts of the night. And it's described as a Shem roaring like a lion. That's the description of the Gemara. I to what that means. But that's how the Gemara describes it. Okay, now the Gemara continues. Tanya. Where it says, Oh, Rabbi Yaisi. Rabbi Yaisi said, It's a relatively well known story, so we'll go through it quickly. Says, Rabbi Yaisi, I was once traveling on the road, and it was time to daven. Mincha, or something like that. So he wants to daven in a, in a way that, in a place that, that he's going to have some. Privacy, some silence. So he pulls off from the side of the road and he goes into one of the one of the ruins of Yishalaim, an old house from Yishalaim that was destroyed. So he goes into the ruins over there. Says <speaking in Hebrew> so Leonavi appears and Pesach, and he waits for me by the door. So he's he's waiting for me to finish davening. <speaking in Hebrew> After I till I finish davening. After I finished davening, says, Rabbi Yaisi, so Leonovi says to me, he says, Shalom Aleiche Rabbi, he gives me Shalom Aleichem. And I responded to Elie Shalom Aleiche, Rabbi Umayri. So they give each other Shalom Aleichem. F-am-a-merly. And now Elie begins to question Rabbi Yaisi. He says, B'ni my son, b'b'nai ma nechnastu Why? why what, what's going on? Why do you find yourself in this churv in this ruins, in this uh, ruins of Yishalayim? So Marty, I said Lispal to Davin, because I was traveling and I didn't, and, you know, and I went to Davin. Vomarli, so Ol says to me, says Ravi Yisi, why didn't you just in while you're traveling? Why did you Davin on the road? So Vamarti, so I said, uh, I said to Ol Yonovi, I was afraid that I wouldn't have the proper concentration. I'm going to be disrupted by other people traveling, so I didn't want to Davin in the road. That's why I went into this ruin. So, you know, if you said to me, what you should have done is Davin on the road, but I, you're, you're going to be disrupted. So don't have don't a long Shemun Asri. in an abridged version of Shemun That's what the Rishonim, the Gemara discusses this later on, that there is this idea, we don't do it so much nowadays, but there is an idea of having in a situation where you're not going to be confident that you're going to have a lot of Kavana because of the environment, so there's an abridged version of Shemun to Davin. That's an idea. Nowadays we don't do that because we don't like even a long shemanesra. We can't be confident we'll have so much kavana. So we don't do this nowadays. But there's such an idea. But to feel like it's filakitzar. That's what Yonavi told him to do. Fine. <clears throat> so says Rabbi Yosi. From that conversation, I learned from Yonavi three things. Okay, three things. First of all, for the very question he asked me, like, what are you doing here, already means that you shouldn't be in a Khorva, You shouldn't be in a in a ruin. It's already not a good place to be. And the Gemara goes on to explain why. The Gemara says a number of reasons. First of all, it can be dangerous. You know, it's a ruin for a reason. So uh, things could collapse. It's dangerous. Uh, the Gemara says another reason that there could be shade in there. Another type of danger than in those places that, they existed. And the third reason is because uh, not good things happen in such, in such locations. So it's my Saiyan. People might think you're doing something not so holy over there. So... Those are the three reasons the Gemara says not to be in a That's what I saw. The fact that the says to me, like, what are you doing here? It means that, I shouldn't, that you have to have a reason, a very big reason to be here. It means that usually you shouldn't be. So that's the first thing I learned. And I also learned that you, that you talk can daven in the road. Mm-hmm. I, I thought you weren't allowed to, or you weren't able to. So L'Yonavi is saying that you, know, you should have daven on the road. So it means you're allowed to daven on the road. Obviously, uh, not, you don't go out of your way to be in the road to daven. But if you find yourself on the road, then that's where you daven. But I also learned, that if you are davening on the road, you should do an abridged version of Shem Those are the three things that I learned from the conversation. Then says Rabbi Yaisi, the next part of the conversation, which is why it's recorded in this Gemara, it's the following part. Then only said to me, My son, When you were in this Churva, when you were in this ruined davening, what voice did you hear? Did you hear something? And I said, yes, yeah, I heard a baskal, a heavenly voice, shem nehemes that was calling out like a dove, that was cooing like a dove, vaymeres and was saying the following sentence, which is a sentence that we saw earlier. Oy lebanim, was it to my children, to the children? Shav in that because of their sins I destroyed my my house with rafti holly, I burned my sanctuary, the iglis l'mein umes, and I exiled them amongst the nations. In other words, he heard the rebbeinishal crying. Now, what's interesting is this is not middle of the night, right? Presumably. And this is described as Hashem cooing like a dove. Before it was described as Hashem roaring like a lion. So the said, I swear to you, says the Yenavi. You should know that it's not like a one-time thing that you just heard the Rabbin cry. The Rabbin says this three times a day. Now it's interesting, the Farshim point out three times a day, we saw this before, three times at night, the Rabbin calls this out. So the Mefarshim explained is that, no, it's two separate tzogias. Earlier, what we saw is that, yeah, during each third of the night, the Rabbana calls out this cry, but it's described as Hashem roaring like a lion. But this cry is introducing us is to a new idea, that three times during the day, by Shachris, Mincha, and Meirev, or Meirev is, uh, the Rishonim say that in those days, primarily, they used to dive in Meirev a little bit early, because the shuls were out in the woods, people wouldn't be comfortable going there at night, so it usually would be like early Mincha Meirev. So three times shachis bin myrev, that's when Hashem calls out the same cry. But then it's being described as what as as the rebbeinu coo- cooing like a dove. But it's the same line of and what was it, tagalis and so on. And said, you should know that it's not just three times by davening, but specifically el b'shach Kinesis, when kli yisrael go into their shuls again three times a day. And they say, well, we, you know, by, by Kaddish. The Gemara is translated into Hebrew. That the great name of Hashem should be blessed. It's Yehishmei right by Kaddish. What does Hashem do at that moment? Hashem nods his head. And he says a number of things. Praiseworthy is the king who's praised in his home in such a magnificent way. But then he says, uh, then the, then the lamentation comes, and and what does the father have that he sent his children away? Okay, that's the gemara. I right, says so a lot. There's a lot to unpackage over here. Again, so we have two parts of the story. The first conversation about this whole conversation about going into churva. Three things that Rabbi Yosi learns: you're not supposed to go into a Stam. You daven in the road if you have to, and if you daven in the road, daven at feel kitzar. Those are the first three things that he learns. And then this whole other conversation, which is why this Gemara is recorded over here, is that the, that the Rabbana Shalom were introduced to new times when the Rabbana Shalom mourns. So he mourns at night, three times by the night, but he also mourns during the day. And the specific mourning that the Rabbana Shalom expresses during the day, the Gemara says specifically, when Yisrael are davening, and when they say, And it's being described as Hashem cooing like a dove. Right, so you have to figure this out. So, so obviously, what's the difference between Hashem roaring like a lion at night? What's the difference between Hashem, that, that type of morning versus the morning during the, during the day where it's like a dove? And why is it Davka when we say, shmei rabba? why is Rabbah? What does it also mean when Hashem says, Hashem nods his head, Kivyachal? Obviously, it's only physical. But what, does that, what does that mean? What's happening in Shemayim when Kivyachal, there's this divine movement of nodding the head? And why is it Davka then? And also, what are the two parts of the stuff do with each other? Zizistan, this is a big conversation he had with Holy The point of this, of the, 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 on the simple level, the reason why this entire Sugi is being quoted over here is only because of the second part. But uh, it's a little bit, uh, so why don't we just skip to the second part? They could just, the gemara could have skipped this whole story. He could have just said, Amr Rabbi, Yaisi. Rabbi Yaisi said that this is what the Rabbi Hashem does during the day also in, in a slightly different way than he does at night. If he wanted to quote Eliyanavi, so he could say that this is what I received from Eliyanavi. What's this whole, back, this is the whole background of churva, davening in the street, uh, Tefillah ketzara? It's almost as if that's the background that you need in order to appreciate the second part of the story. So, how do we figure that out? Okay. Now, one other thing to investigate, just as a simple, simple Gemara, and a simple Pashan the Gemara, then we'll, we'll get into Panemius. So, the Gemara over here was referencing Yehesh Rabba. Now, Yehei Shmei Rabbah is in Aramaic. That's Kaddish is in Aramaic. But the Gemara, the Gemara, it's interesting, the Gemara starts off in Aramaic, Yehei Shmei, but then it moves into Hebrew. Hagodol Mevoirach. So, in other words, what the Gemara seems to be doing is translating Yehei Rabbah. And the way it's translating Yehei Rabbah is Yehei Shmei Hagodol Mevoyrech. Shmei Rabbah, that the great name of Hashem, Yehei Shmei Hagodol, should be Mevoirach, it should be blessed. That's how the Gemara seems to be Translating this. So Tysus makes a point of this. Take a look at Marmokha number two. So Tysus over there in the Gemara. Tysus says like this Mikan, from this Gemara, Yesh list or Mashapirish, by Machzer Vitri. Machzer Vitri is, uh, it's a safer, it, it, it was a, Vitri was a town, it was a city. So Machzer Vitri, every city had a, um, you know, in those days they didn't have like printing presses. By the Rashina, they didn't have printing presses. So not everyone had a sitter. And even when he went to shul, Lavdafka was there enough suddurim for everyone. So usually what they would have is, if maybe he had a few siddurm, some wealthy people maybe had a sitter, but there would be a, a machzor, there would be a sitter for the Khazim. And that sitter was, you know, you know, one-stop shop for everything. It had the entire year's davening, you know, the entire cycle in that machzor. Every shul had a machzor. So this is called machzor vitri. Machzor vitri, what, it will be, the way it's used, is that there was a, one of the students of Rashi from his base medrash, wrote a pirish on the sitter, or really wrote a pirish, he used the sitter as sort of a platform to talk about many halachas throughout the year, parts of davening throughout the year, and he was from the city of, 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 of Vitri, so that's what it's called, Machz of Vitri, the, the Siddur of Vitri, that means the, the pirish of this Talmud of Rashi. So it says is like this, from this Gemara, you could see, it's a, it's a proof against what you find in the Machz Vitri. What does it say in Vitri? That the Machz Vitri said the following, shat. when we say Yehoshamayi Rabbah, said the Machz Vitri, Yehei Shmei Raba, Shezu Tfila Shonu Muspalim, The Makhzavitri said, the taich of Yehei Shmei Raba is, that we're davening, that the name of Hashem should become complete, and then it should be blessed. So said the Makhzavitri like this, everyone knows that the, the Pasik says, Ki that when we fought, when Amalek attacked us, Hashem says, Ki meaning, Shloi Yehei Shmoi Sholem, V'kisei Sholem, At shim Chazari Sholem that the full name of Hashem is not complete. Yudke Vovke is not complete until Amalek is destroyed. Until Amalek is destroyed, it's just Yudke. But Vovke is sort of separate or missing. Kiyad al-Kes Ka. Upeirusha kach. So, what well, Yeh Raba is like this. Ye, Shaym Yudkei. Yehe Shmei like Shme is, is, is means the name, but it's a it's a it's a combination of two words. Shame Yudke. That the shame Yudkei Rabbah should be fully developed. Rabbah should be great. It should be fully developed. And then we add an additional tefillah, that it also also should be blessed. So the taich of Yeshme Rab is that the name Yudkei should be complete and blessed. So it says Vizelloy Nira, but says Taisus, but it seems from our Gemara now like that interpretation. Mittik from the fact that Aragamara taiches Yeheshmi Rab in Hebrew. And how does it taich it? Yeah, Hagadol Mavirach, the name that is already great, should be blessed. So it means achasi. it means that the word Raba is not its own prayer. You know, the way the Machs learns is that when you say the words, it means the the name of Yudkei, should have two things happen to it. Number one, Raba, it should become expanded. It should be Yudke Vavkei. And also, Mevoirach. But the way this is teaching <coughs> is, if that would be true, then what the Gemara should say is like this. Yehei that the name of Yudkei, Gadol, should become great, it should become fully developed. But that's not what the Gemara says. What the Gemara says is, The name that is already great, should be Now The way the Gemara is translating, is that the word Raba is not a tefillah. It's not the first thing we're asking for about Hashem's name. Raba is a description of what the name is already. That The name that's already great, should be Mevayrach. That's, that's what the Gemara seems to say. And that's pretty clear. And that's pretty clear. From this Gemara, it's clear that the Tzfil of Yeshim Rab is not asking two things, that it should first become great and then blessed. Eli, hey, Shmoy, ha rather the name that is already great, should be Mevayrach. That's the Gemara. That's Taisos. So this, is, so this is a pretty, I mean, it's a pretty straightforward uh, proof. The Gemara seems to be clearly not like the Machs of <clears throat> the, 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 what's, what's interesting is, first of all, I mean, the Machs of Vitry is a rishon, so you have to figure out how you, how you learn the Gemara. But more than that, in the Kisvi Hari, by all the Mekubalim, the Pshat is always like the Machs Shot is like the machzavitri, the is, It's all machzavitri. It's So the Gemara says not like that. The Gemara seems to be mamish open, not like that. So to go, you know, it's it's one thing. It's one thing we do find from the Arizal that sometimes he'll go with uh, when you have different pshatim. So he'll go with one pshat. But in this type of case, where all the Rishonim point to this point, says the Gemara is mamish open. Gemara not like the machzavitri, and that's the pshat that all the mekubalim go with. It needs explanation. Okay, so you have to figure this out. But again, putting in the in the context, it's dafka at this moment of Yesh Mera'ab. The, the Rebbeinu Shem cries and both Okay, so so let 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 us let, go back. Let's go back. Let's go back to the first part of the conversation. Okay, now let's 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 what we're going to do is like this. We're going to retranslate the entire story of Yonavi with Rebbei but That's what we're going to do. Because again, like I said, all God is not just telling us meisim. Stop! It, it, it's telling us. It's it's giving us uh, 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 giving us windows to become more uh, uh, keys to become more accustomed to the rebbeinu shalom. So there's a big yisid, a very very important yisid in avodas Hashem and bechlan avodas Hashem that we see from this from this story with Rabbi Isi. So let's go back again. What was the story? Rabbi Isi is is da- he's traveling. He wants to daven. He knows that if he starts he starts davening now. He's not going to have so much kavana. So he goes into a churva. He goes into a churva. So the place of the churva that Rabbi Yassi went to, that was a place of silence, of quiet, a place where there's no rabbin. The, the derech, the road, is a place of rabbin. Uh, that's, that's not a place that he wants to be by davening. So he wants to go to a place of yechidis, a place of, of privacy, a place of, of silence. So that's where he goes. But it says, said, being that place is dangerous. You can't be in that place. It's, uh, it's very dangerous to be there. What you should have done is daven in the street. Daven in the street, daven at Tfilah kitzar. That was the Maisa. Okay, In the Kisvi in the Sorak Daishim, we find that whenever you find in Chazal a description of something that's rishus HaRabim. Like in Halacha, we find this, like il Shabbos, or many Halachas, rishus HaRabim and Roshosh There's the public domain, the derech, where there's a lot of people, rishus HaRabim. And then there's Rishos a place that's private, a place of quiet, a place of oneness. Those are always code words. They're always code words. Rishos versus Rishos not just places. Rishos always is a description of a place of katnus. place of katnus. We know that a person can find themselves spiritually in Ruchni, in, it's in, in two different matzavim. You could find your, 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 yourself in a place of katnus, in a place of spirit, spiritual immaturity. Or you could find yourself in a place of godless. No, I don't know if we have to go much to describe too much the difference is what does it mean katna's versus it mean godless. We've all we've all experienced uh, maybe mostly one and a little bit of the other, but there's such a thing as katnas. Katnas is a place where it's very, very hard to find the yieldish alam, the singularity that exists in the world of Rubana himself. Hashem is called Yichidish alam, the Yachid. There's a place that's called Rashusa Yachid. Rishus Yahid means a play, consciousness, a place of the mind that's called the Rishus Yahid. That's called the place of Godless, place of Godless. Katnus, katnus means Rishus Harab. There's a lot of, a lot of stuff in the world, a, and everything of this and all the stuff that exists in that place of Katnus is taking you away or distracting you from the Yachid that maybe is behind all of it because Rabbanu is behind everything. But there's, there's a place of Katnus and there's a place of Godless. <coughs> Rabbi wants to daven. No. What type of environment is it possible to daven in? What is davening about? And the, 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 all this the but This is, this is what davening is built on. Davening ultimately is about experiencing the Vekas, about experiencing attachment to Hashem, experiencing yichur, oneness with God, to be in that place of finding Hashem. So, what environment can you find? Where can you daven? The problem is Rabbi finds himself in a Rosh Ah Arav, I can't be in Rishas Arav. You can't in there. You can't daven there. That, that, what type? What type of yichud? What type of oneness with God? What type of dveikus can I experience in Rishas Arav? Says Rabbi Yaisi, if I'm trying to experience dveikus, attachment to God, then the only place I can find that in is in Rishas Hayachid. So what Rabbi Yossi does, is not just a description, he goes off the road, and he goes to a Chorva. Rabbi Yossi is, this is a, a philosophical Indian of Rabbi Yaisi. Rabbi Yossi is moving away from Rishos Ravim and says, Rishos Ravim stays over there. If I am, if it's a time of Davening, in other words, right now it's, it's, it's my responsibility to be Dovig to then the only environment that I could find that dveik is, is, in a place that's called Rishos Ayachit, a place that's called quiet, that's a place of silence. And that's why he moves away from the Rosh and he goes to the Rosh Hashanah. Is that backed by the Al-Loha, that you're supposed to in an open area? Ravim? Is that why so, so we're going to see that in a moment. Lechat yeah. He's coming from a legitimate place. Like, if I, have the, if I find myself, certainly there's no question about it, in a Rosh Hashanah, in that place of what's called Meichan the Godless, in a place of Godless, certainly that's the most appropriate environment to, to find a true level of Vekas, Lachar. So it's Takachu. But the situation over here is Rabi Yaisi is in a zarab He's in Rishat zarab Life brought him into Rishat zarab And Rabi is therefore, and it's time to daven. So Rabi is deciding, you cannot daven Rishat zarab I have to go to a place of a khurv. I have to go find a state of godless. Somehow claw my way into a state of godless in order to then be able to daven. Says Elayinavi, being in a is dangerous. Being in a is dangerous. What's, that mean? What's the danger of being in a khurv? So this is we're introduced to Yisrael, again in Darizal in is his language, but the way it's translated by all the, by the tzaddikim is the following idea. If the rabbanim now this is a, it's a it's a subtle point, and I know this is going to open a, a lot of questions, and so this is not. It's it, it on the one hand, this is very much Allah lemaisa. You know what I mean? How to live, how to serve Hashem, but on the other hand, every situation has to be dealt with uh, individually. But the concept is like this. If the rabbanish puts a person in that environment, that's called rishos harabim. That's not just if a if if a person were then to ignore that and to so to speak escape that environment and go into a place that's called rishos Yachid, Then the the concern is like this: You think when you go into that place of godless, then you're just by yourself with God. But the truth is, unless you first work through the inyanim of Rosh Hasharabim, then even when you go into that horvah, there are weeds that you carry with you. And those weeds will, will surface, will develop, will siphon off of the energy that you are bringing into yourself by davening in a, a, a Rosh Hashayachid. And you don't even realize that at the same time, you're giving strength to your own Yetzirah. In other words, the concept that we find in the kiss is like this, is that the process is, you first have to work through katnus, and only then can you go to godless. If a person were, were to skip steps and to go to godless first, then even though it's true, in that place of godless, Yetzirah can't find themselves, Big, fully developed, monstrous Sahara's don't find themselves in a place of godless. But the Sahara is able to. But the seeds of the yitzhahara can can still exist in that place of godless. You bring your problems with you. You bring your problems with you, and even at that moment, you might not. Re- the problems might not be fully surfaced, but they're there behind the scenes. And once they're there behind the scenes, then that chiyas, the energy, the divine energy that you're experiencing by davening in that place of godless is, also, is enlivening your Nisham it's Gavaldic, but it's also feeding those seeds of chaos, those seeds of disorder, those seeds of tumma, that were maybe not, that, that's not the environment that's going to allow them to, they can't grow to become destructive plants in that place of godless. But they, they still exist as seeds in that place. And then when eventually you go out of godless and you return to godness, things are much worse. Because those seeds that you at least carried with you in that place of godless have have unbelievable more energy now to become monstrous plants because of the experience that they had in your state of god. You thought you were by yourself. You're not by yourself. And so what the Rabbani Shalom does is that he puts you in... And this is the amazing thing. It's Davka in Katnus, in that place of Rishos HaRabim, and it's only in that place that you can be fully aware of all of the inyonim that are unhealthy, that are destructive, and only in that environment can you fully eradicate them. But in the brilliant light, so to speak, that's called a place of godless, that light maybe will not allow a Yetzar to, 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 to surface in a, in a grotesque way. But it will not have the ability to truly eradicate it. The example of this that I would that I would give is a piece from Rav Cook in Maromokin number three. This is a piece from Iris. It's Again, it's it's, it's, it's mamish poetry, but Rav Cook points out the following observation. He says that historically one of our big enyanim that we struggle with as a people is avoid Yeah. So he says like this: What tekufa... The, the first the, the if you break up Jewish history into two parts, so there was a tekufa that was called nevuah, prophecy, and then there's post prophecy. So he says like this, what's Navu? Navoa is godless. That's an unbelievable state of godless. The Rabbin presence is palpable. Nevoah is not just a one-time... It's not just a one-time... It's, it's an, it, was a, it was an experience. The whole world was different at the time of Nevoah. So you would think, if that light of Navu with all of its intensity, certainly that would have eradicated uh, Avodah But it didn't, right? Avodah was still able to... It couldn't deweed the field of the Jewish people from Avodah so you would say like this, well, if, if Nebuah couldn't do it, then certainly post-Nevuah can't do it. But ironically, it's not like that. Nebuah was not able to eradicate Avodah Zara from Kal Yisrael, but post-Nevuah, with Tarsh Valpeh, with with where, where the lights went off, and we were now thrown into a place of Kadmas, and all we can think about is Muksa and Machmas Mias, and Muksma Machmas Isser, and uh, Basu B'chalav, and all the Prate Dinim, and all the Inyanim. That come with focusing in the great details of life in Tarsh That was able to eradicate a vaydezara. Pshat. So, says is this in? Is that the 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 the, the 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 grotesque expression of a yitzara called a vayda zara might not be able to surface under the light of Navua. but that light of nevuah is not detailed enough to truly eradicate the seeds of vaydezara. Only a detailed tyra, a small tyra, a more fine-tooth comb that's called tashbalpeh can fully eradicate the seeds of Yitzhar. So he says like this. So we'll just read through it quickly because it's just uh, it's chaval not to read it. It's just so beautiful. Rav Kook says like this: In the way of the world, hamashayrim poets and uh, really artistic people, mitarim yafa, they're able to truly express beautifully as hadrasachay mechlal the general beauty of life. So a poet is able to capture in words like a big picture of how life is beautiful and so on. As Kolpin is saying, all the different corners of the beauty of life, which includes Zerem Rav, a great uh, uh, flow of, of 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 beauty, they could capture all of that. And poets very often can bring to the surface and sort of express poignantly and beautifully the big negative sides of the world, the big problems that exist in humanity. So poets and that energy that's more artistic can capture the beauty of life, and they can also capture the ugliness of life. True. And they can write beautiful sonnets and and, 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 and literature trying to inspire people to eradicate the ugliness of life. But to truly get to the underlying causes and the seeds of those problems and to truly get to the kishkes of the matter and to give people the practical advice how to get rid of those in yonim. machshir How practically do you prepare life in such a way to avoid those issues? Umamidam mo'yisam al And to establish life in a, in a foundation that's positive that doesn't allow these uh, negativities to develop. Veich ikol kl'kola And to protect us from even the smallest subtlety to allow these uglinesses to surface, <speaking in Hebrew> which, which, when left unchecked, will turn into a a, a rotting that can destroy everything. <speaking in Hebrew> Imagination, the power of, of the of the artist, is, is not capable of of doing that. He can capture the problem and capture the beauty. How to get rid of it and how to truly eradicate its 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 seemingly subtle origins. It's not, it's not able to do it. The only thing that can do that is cold, calculated, specific, fine-tuned wisdom. That's the only thing that can do it. L'mal mizus. It says Rav, it says Rav, Rav Cook, using this, but now going even, even higher. Hanavua saw the big problem, that is Havadizar. And to fight against Havadizar, what did Navua bring to the table? The, the light of godless, as Hadras Noim Hashem Echaralakov, the light of a, of a one god, the Tatura call Yaifi Vizir, and it was able to describe all the beauty of the one god. The Sashasa Shakola Perois a Maisris and the destructive qualities of all the barbaric Inyanim of Vedizara. And to inspire the world to you know with the, with the spirit of Hashem to take care of that, those problems. But at the end of the day, asaras says, cook, but the subtle hairs, that slowly but surely gather together to become a rope of sin, of a you couldn't take care of. So it, it stops the big problem from surfacing. But the subtle origins, the hairs, it can't stop. The small little, uh, uh, you know, uh, veins that come together to make the big arteries that, that bring destructive blood to the body. You know, it's all poetry. So in this, this type of way, a uh, couldn't do. This is, this is hidden from the eyes of every prophet. They can't see it. But, on the other hand, the fine the, the, the fine tooth comb that's Tarsh Balpeh focusing on the details of life which, it, which is developed where? in the Rishos HaRabim it's developed in the place of Kadnas that's where you can eradicate all the fine problems and slowly but surely then after Kadnas then you can go to Godless without there being any concern that there's anything else but you and the Rabbani Shleil but if you just skip the step of codness and go straight into the Khorva, it's dangerous that's what Eliyanavi is revealing to Rabbi Isi. You can't stop and move, move from the. If that's where you are, called Rosh Hashanah, then that, then that means there's a voidah there. And the Rabbanishal needs you to, to be there. You can't just go to the churva. It's dangerous in the churva. But then Rabbi Isi says to Eliyanavi, okay, but I have to daven. Davening still. What does davening mean? Davening means dvek, davening means yechat. So you tell me, says, says Rabbi Isi to I mean, in between the lines, what he's saying is, okay, you tell me, me side that you can't go to godless unless you have katnas first. Abdul Maisa, it's a time of Davin. What am I supposed to do? So, al says, which is, Davin in Rosh Hashirab. Davin in Rosh How am I supposed to Davin in Rosh means dvekas. How could you have dvekas in Katnas? So, al said, Davin Tfilak Etzar, an abridged version of Shmuel Aye, What's the side of oh, Tfilak Etzar? It's the biggest side. In the Kisri, we find the following idea: that in Katnas, <coughs> Katniss is not only... The, ka, listen, before Godless, you have to work through Katniss. What does it mean to work through Katniss? Okay, so it means to work through Katniss, it means to go through yontu to Tshuva, fix, uh, fix yourself, be identify what your problems are, put up, put up misgaris put up uh, fences around yourself. That's all ka'atness. The Darizal said the following thing. The, that's an avoidant Katniss. But that's, but that's really called, in the Sarmic The Darizal says that's called... Katne but once you go through that, there is an avoda in katnus that's called Godless katnus which means that despite the fact that you're in katnus, there is such an idea that Lafi within that universe and relative to that place that's called katnus, you can find Godless there. You can find divekus even in that state of Godless in, in of katnus. And it's true. The the, the that you can find and have to find in that state that's called katnus is nothing and is not really called Dvaikas compared to godless masking. But there is something that's called godless of There is something that's called katnus. And a person has the responsibility not only when you're in a state of katnus. not only is your responsibility to to try to you know to to, to try to deweed the field, because the de-weeding can only be done in kadnas. But you also have a responsibility and an opportunity in that state of cadness also to find tavekis. Where do you find this idea? So this is an idea, again, in the language of Darizal, this, this is called finding godless within kadnas. This is called godless 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 shebekadnas. In the language of the Balshenta, we find this a very, very big insight. Marimokka number four this is a piece from the Tzavos or Ivosh. It's the Yisletis of of, of, of Chesidus. Baal Shanta said like this: sometimes, ain Adam No, that's what he always said. Sometimes you find yourself in Shusarabim, and that's your Avodah. You have to work in Katnus. You can't skip. is You're not in you're, you're right here in Asiya. That's exactly where you are. You're not in some higher place. You're in Katnus. <coughs> so, what do you do if you're in Katnus? So again, uh, Rabbi Yaisi initially said, well, I don't want to be in Katniss. Especially if I have to daven, how can you daven in Katniss? So Rabbi said, first of all, you can't escape the Katniss, because if you go to Godless without working through the Katniss, then it's not just you and the Rabbin in Godless, it's with the weeds also. And that's destructive. So you have no choice but to deal with Katniss. Okay, but says Rabbi Yossi, but I need to daven. So I, can only da- so I, can't, daven, I can't daven in the street. Says El you could daven in the street. Just daven at feel Kitzara." There's such a thing as finding Tvaikas within Katnas. Says the Shem. Raks, so what do you do when you're in Katnas? If you just have general a thought. You can't feel it and it doesn't and it's not like detailed. But at least you can have a general thought. Shemalek or Skivaidai, that the Rabbanish fills all worlds. Vetzlai and the Rabbanish with me too. You have to have that thought that you know what? This whole this whole dynamic of Rishos Rabbim versus Rishos Yachid, that there's a katnus versus godless and all these in truth, that's all my perspective. The truth is the is everywhere. I don't feel him in katnus, and I might feel him in godless, but the Rabbanishlam is everywhere, and I have to believe that he's close to me. Fuba'i and Sham. And at that moment when you have that thought, your mama is a You don't have a big intellect, you don't have a big seichel. you don't feel any of this. Umi said the Av Even though you're in an environment that's called kadnis, and you might feel like a kadn, That doesn't take away from the fact that you're Davik to Hashem. and that's called an Avoid of zvekas. It's zvekas bekadnis. It's godless be she This is the secret that Eliyahu was telling the, the telling Rabbi Yaisi, which is that you, if you're in the Rishus Rabbim, that's where you are, but you daven in the Rishus Rabbim, but daven it feel kitzar. Understand the chizik, and the unbelievable le- message of that, because it means don't expect to have a long shmunasri in, in other words, You have to have a you have to have dvekis even in Kadnas. But understand that the dvekis that you're, that you're able to have in Kadnas is a dvekis of Kadnas. And that's also dvekis, but it's a dvekis of Kadnas. Don't expect, don't, don't have the bar to yourself, as dvekis means only a dvekis of godless. That's not true. There's dvekis of godless, there's but there's dvekis of Kadnas. That's the idea. Now, more than that, we have to go. One step further, the Rizal said weiter. Right that the, so so far we have we have this mahalach that you start off in kindness katne shabakness. So your avoda in Kadnas starts off with kindness katne shabakness. which means tshuva work on yourself, acknowledge your problems, try to you know try to put yourself in a better space. Kindness katne But then you say to yourself, you know, Nishalev, I'm fine. I have these in yonim and I'm stuck in the Rishos harabim. But you know what? But Gamkiel Gatesal the you're here too. And I'm gonna daven. I'm gonna say the words of the sitter. the sitter. The Baal Shem goes on, by the way, in that piece of Savasri Vashan, he says, you know what Dvekas looks like? It's an amazing line. He says, You know what Vegas looks like? What do you expect? Uh looks like uh like the Balshamtav de Kadav. you know what the looks like? Tvekas looks like you're diving from what it looks like like this. You're diving from a sitter, pointing to every word, and and you sort of that and, and, and you finish each word before you go to the next one. That's what Vekas looks like. That's what vekas looks like. Yeah, that's what Vekas looks like in Kadis. That's But that's called Dvekis. So There's a teaching from Arizal like this. Arizal taught <coughs> that you first start off in Kadnesshev HaKadness. And then you're able to muster up the strength to have godless And that's called davening in the Rosh Hashir Ravim, a kitzar. But then said the Arizal... Only after you go through that, only after a person is able to experience godless katnas, a Shlemus and a dvekas in that katnas, only then is a person then able to ascend and to bring into one's life from Shemayim that madrega, that true madrega that's called godless. <coughs> and that's for two reasons. That's for two reasons. First of all, it's because now you can truly request it because you've weeded yourself out and there's no concern that when you go into that place of godless or when godless is brought to you it's, there's going to be anything else in your pocket. It's just you and the rabbi and more, and deeper than that also the very fact that you've experienced some level of tveikas means that you're shy to tveikas now. And there's a big issue in the Kisferi, that that in order to bring down real godless into your life you have to first have experienced some level of godless, even on your madrig of kadmas. It's like the famous art from the Berditshiva. The Berditshiva said, how is it possible that a Jew can ever daven for a Mashiach? Yeah, we never had the Beis HaMegdash, so what are we davening for? So the Svarim say, because it's true that we never had the full Beis HaMegdash, but there is Bechina's Beis HaMegdash in our lives. And those aspects of life that's called a Bechina the Beis HaMegdash, that's a taste of what Beis HaMegdash means. And because you've experienced that, that's your connection to the Ikra Beis HaMegdash. So said the reason like this, and by the Rizal, By the way, you should know the reason. Mamish lays this out in our avodah. session. I'll give you an example of this. The reason lays this out in, in, in every bracha that you make. I've mentioned this idea before. make a shakal. What's the You make a shakal so so in order to drink water. But there's there's oiliness that you're building. You're going through this process with every mitzvah that you do. Every mitzvah that you do is building through this procedure. The reason said like this: When you say the words Baruch Atu Hashem Elokeinu. That's called cool, building on within yourself, kadnas, shemakadosh. So you're saying when you say Baruch to Hashem, you say it with a sense of truth, rebbeinu shalom, like you know, amamish, like uh, you know, I have all these inyanim, but Baruch Hashem, and then you say the words Melech melechaylam. Said the Melech is the moment of when you bring upon yourself, godless shemakadosh or dvekas in that state of kedum, like rebbeinu shalom, I know who I am. And Baruch I'm standing in your presence and I feel very humbled by that and I feel like there's a lot of vinyam I have to work on. But you know what? Melech you're the king of the whole world. And the whole world means even my world too. And that's called Tveikas. And then at that moment, said before you transition to the next part of the bracha, after when you say the words Melech and you've now connected yourself to Tveikas within Katnath, then you have the following Kavan Rabbanu Shalai I wish I had real Tveikas. You re- now you're really daven for Tveikas for real godless, and then the real godless comes with shahakol nebidavar, or barimim or whatever the thing is. So the first part of Ebrocha, baruch hato Hashem, is katnas. Melech ha'olam is dveikis in that katnas, and now you're able to truly daven for ikar dveikis. And then the Rav says, ah, oh, okay, here you go. Shahakol nebidavari, that's ikar that's dveikis, ikar godless. So it's the same thing that's going on over here. Let's understand <clears throat> Let's plug that back into the story. So, the story of Rabbi Yaisi, the first part of the story is a description of Vaidya Hashem taking you till Melch So So, Elionov is telling Rabbi Yaisi, this is the procedure. You have to deal with Kadnas. And not only do you have to deal with Kadnas, you have to have then Dveikis and Kadnas. You have to daven in the Rabbim. You have to be in the Rabbim. You have to do the Avaydya. You have to travel in the Rabbim. You have to work through those in Yanim as much as possible. But don't neglect davening. You have to daven in the Rabbim too. And then the second part of the story kicks in. And then Olionovy the and the tells Rabbi see, and you should know what voice did you hear? It's homaisa, He heard Hashem crying, mourning over the Beis Hamikdash. And Olionovy says the following message: You should know whenever Yidin Davin. and davening. And Olionovy is not talking about davening in Beis Hamikdash. He's talking about davening in Golas. and he's talking about davening in Rishus HaRabim. And he says, El-Yanovi says to Rabbi Isi, you should know whenever a yid daven's, which means there's some level of tvekis within kadosh whether it be a specific Katniss of that person's life, or the general Katniss of Godless, HaKadosh Baruch Hu Menanei bends his head. What does it mean to bend his head? Bending his head means Hashpos. It means big Hashpos of Godless. In terms of the, the history we find that the body of a person is representative of Katniss and Godless. Everything from neck down is called Katniss. The head, that's called Godless. Menanei Rosh bends his head means that after the yiddin are able to be in Kadmus, in galus, and they're able to Daven, means that they're able to not only survive in galus and work through the Yom of galus, but they're also able to experience some level of Dveikis in galus. Now the Rabbani Shulim says, I, galus is a Chaval. Now the Rabbani Shulim says, I'm going to give you galus," And this is the site of what's going on. This is the difference between the morning, when the Rabbani Shulim cries at night, versus when he cries by the day. When he's crying at night, it's in response to the Malachim. We saw this last week. The malachim are singing shir, and they're like, "Wow, it's Mamash Gavaldik." And Hashem says, "This is Gavaldik. You have no idea what, what could be." The the, the, cry, the the screaming of the ravon Hashem at night is just crying. It's Rahman. It's like it's like the story that I mentioned last week with uh, with the second base of Mikdash was being built. That the youngsters that never saw base of Mikdash are all excited, but the elders that saw first base of Mikdash they're crying because this is a base of Mikdash. So the malachim at night are looking back at the days of Aveda, and they're like, "That was Mamash Gavaldik." And I shouldn't say that's Givaldic. You have no idea what Givaldic means. So the Rabbanishim is just screaming like a lion, and that's called just being sad. But the crying of the Rabbanishim by daytime, as a response to the Tfilah of Yidin that are davening, that are experiencing Dveikis in Katnus, that's not a crying uh, Tzabrachenkeit. That's the Rabbanishim crying over Gulas, which results in the Rabbanishim bringing gula closer. And that's what it means, the Rabbanishim bending his head. Bending his head means that he's bringing Godless into the world. So there's two types of crying. There's crying, nabuch nabuch, and then there's crying that that actually is part of the process of Geula. There's the like we say even by Tishav, right? We describe the last Kina. We, we right, uh, like 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 uh, like there's there's crying of like a woman giving birth. So there's also crying, but the screaming over there is not mourning a loss. That's called bringing something new into the world. At night, the Rav is crying, he's mourning a loss. That's called describing like, roaring, roaring like a lion. By the day, he's not mourning a loss. That's called, that's called screaming to bring Godless into the world. That's called, <laughs> it's like a dove. A dove is always a symbol of what? Of yichud, of a connection between Hashem and the Jewish people. We're called a yoyna, when Hashem describes this in a beautiful way of yichud. And when does the Rav cool like a dove in that process of what? Of bringing Godless into the world, of bending his head? Davka when yidn are davening. But when are we davening? Davka in So it's an amazing thing. In, in a general sense, in other words, broadening the, the, the perspective. Until now, it was like Rabbi specific, a small individual story. There's his godless, which is, you know, Rishasa Yachid. And then there's his Godness, which is Rishasa Rabban. But says, oh, you but now in a broader sense. Generally speaking, all of Golas is godless. And all of G'ula is godless. And the Rabbanish, this is the process. You want the rabbanis shloim to to cry and to scream and to bend his head to actually bring geula into the world. Only that could happen is if you're able to daven in Gaulas, is if you're able to experience dvekas in galas. Because when you get to that place of godless within katnas, then when there, then you can now first, then you can bring healthfully godless ikker godless into your life. Because again, number one, there's no seeds of Yetzirah in that place because you've, you've weeded it out, it out by dealing with katnas. And number two, you've tasted what it means godless. You've tasted dvekas. And now that you've tasted dvekas, you can truly want it and you can truly process it when it comes. And this is the second part of the story. He, he, what, what Eloy is revealing to Rabbi Yossi is the full spectrum of this process of development that there is a reveal that's contained in every bracha. First is katnus, sheba Then it's godless sheba And then after that, you can truly ask for godless. And then real godless will be given to you. And that's what's going on over here. After being told by Eloy that there's such a thing as katnus, and there's such a thing as godless within katnas, then One reveals. And only after that will the Rabbani Shalom cry in a way of bringing Geula, bending his head and giving you godless. Only after you've been able to experience some level of tveikis in your state of Katnas. And this is all hinted to in what? In Yehoshmei Rabba. Yehoshmei Rabba, we said from the Gemara, it's like, which one is it? By the Mekubalim, it's like the Mahzavitri. That we're asking the name of Hashem to be full. But yet the Gemara seems to indicate the name already is full. Which one is it? The answer is, the name being full means godless, that means dveikis, yokevavke, everything everything's gavaldik. The secret of the Gemara is, that if there is the name being full, within katnus, and the Gemara says like this, if in katnus, the Gemara is like this, the Gemara is describing, what Yehoshmei Rabbah looks like, for a Jew, that's in Rishos HaRabim. You're in Rishos you have the Davin. Davin of Tefillah What does Tefillah mean? Tefillah means, dvekas it's just in the context of Katniss. So that means, a, f- a description of, of dvekas means, it means a full name of Yudkei Vavke. That's a full, it's God, Yudkei Vavke. If you can find Yudke Vavke complete in your Katniss, then you can zoom out and say, and all of that was just a yudke. And I still demand that, I'm still asking for the Rabbani for a full complete Gula of Yudke The only way to... To daven for full godless and full dvekas is if only you've, you accept and you acknowledge that there is such a thing as dvekas within katnas. When you have dvekas within katnas and you have again godless within katnas, now you could ask for a real godless and you're able to then acknowledge that my, entire, my, my general situation is katnas. But if you just think of your general situation as katnas, but you're not davening in Rosh Hashanah you're not finding dveikas in that kadnas, then, then you might be de-weeding your field. But there's nothing within you that's besamigdashdik. Again, there's always, these are the two points that you need in order to bring Migdash in your life. Number one, you can't have any weeds. Okay, so that's the of kadnas. But you also have to know what Migdash is. In order, to have a, in order to daven for a mikdash. then that means you have to have a taste of a mikdash. It means that you have to be able to experience, to have dveikas in your madreiga. Only after you have Dveikas in your can you then acknowledge that that's not dvekas and I want the Iker thing. But if you never had dvekas, then what does it mean to daven for dvek. You don't know what it is. So only after a person can say that the name of Yud is already great in my life, now you consider I want to experience the Iker full name of Yud because really what I, what I experience as dvekas compared to the real thing is not, it's not, the, it's not the full thing. But, but it is real. It is... It is something, and that's what allows me to experience the big thing. So when the Gemara says that Yehesh Rabbah, the Taich is, the name that is already great, I should be, uh, should be just uh, blessed. And the Vitri says, no, 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 the Taich is, the name should become great, it should become complete. Notice the name is not complete. So which one is it? Is the name complete or is it not complete? The answer is, it's relative. It's relative to your state of Kadnos, it's complete. But relative to the Ikr godless, it's not complete. And that's exactly why you can daven for the ikr godless, because you've experienced katnus, because you, you've experienced godless and you've experienced tvakus in your state of katnus. This is what the Gemara is saying. At, this, this is exactly, take, take, again, take a look at the last couple lines in Marmukh number one. When the Jewish people say Yeishmeh Rabbah, so what happens? means, by saying Yeshme Hagadol Mavairach, like as the Gemara is translating, it means the Jewish people are, are living in katnus, they're living in Golas. So we're weeding ourselves out. We have Tarash Peh cleaning out our system from all the small little hairs that might develop into ugly things. That's Tarash Peh. But even in Golos, we're able to say, we're able to daven, which means that we're able to experience Dvekus in that place. We're able to experience a taste of what it means, a full name. So we say, Yehesh HaGadol, the name that is great. In other words, we experience Dvekus even in Katnus. Then, now we can, then in that fila, could also be contained the secret of the Richard, which is that now Rbanishlailam, because we've weed ourselves out and we actually know what Beis HaMikdash at least tastes like, now we're we want to have the real thing. And a Baruch bends his head to then give us real godless. praise now here's the secret of the Gemar. Ribbanish says two things. First he says by Yeheshma praiseworthy is the king that's praised in his home in such a way. And then he says it's the is on the king that sent his children out of Gales. You See what's going on over here? He's described the Rebbe is describing Hei Rabbah in two different ways. First of all, is a description of what, wow, what an unbelievable shavach that a king can hear in his home. As if there is a base in already. And then he says, is on the king that kicked his that doesn't have a home. Which one is it? Do you have a home or not? So Rashi in the Gemara, for example, teaches what the Gemara means like this. The says, wow, such an unbelievable praise that reminds me of what it used to be like when I had a home. The deeper sight of the Gemara, it's both at the same time. The Shavach of Yehoshim and is Dveikis in Katnus, which means that even right now there's a Bechina's Beis HaMikdash and now that you've had a Bechina's Beis HaMikdash in your place of Katnus, now you could ask for the real thing and now there's an awakening in heaven of how terrible Gullus is. Because now, the awakening of heaven, of how terrible Gaulus is, is going to result in what? In Menei Roishai, in bending the Rabbanushom's head, and bringing Shefa and bringing God, real Godless into the world. So, this is the Mahalach. In the entire suk, again, these are the two conversations of Elinav with Rabbi Yis. Again, first part, there's such a thing as Kadn Shebakadnis, and then Godless Shebakadnis. And then the next part, Elinav is revealing, and only after you go through that, and you've experienced both Kadn Shebakadnis, if you weed yourself out, and you've had Godless Shebakadnis, Dvekis in Kadnis now you could ask for the real thing, which is called Godless Ikari, the real Godless, the real Godless. And that's the second part of the story, that Davko and Yidin are davening in Shul, in Golis, and they're saying, the name that is already great should be blessed. Now the Rav can say, I'm going to show you the real thing now. And the real thing is, the name should be, should really be great with the coming of Mashiach. And that's the secret of this conversation. The entire Sugya, in Ramez is telling us everything from the Kisferi, in that process of Kadnash of Godless Shabbatatness, and then to Iker Godless in the process of, of every brach and every mitzvah. Okay, we should be to, or do all the we need to do, and to uh, get Iker Godless of his machines Zikain. May our view Amen.